Right, we've been doing a series on Led by the Spirit, uh, and my task this morning is to speak on being led by the Spirit into joy. And so I want to look at about three or four aspects of this topic. First of all, I want to consider whether there is a, a similarity, or rather whether there is a difference between biblical joy also known as the joy of the Lord, and happiness. Is it the same thing? I also want to look at the fact that joy is of a divine origin. We'll answer the question where this joy of the Lord has come from. We're going to consider uh, some of the sources of the joy of the Lord for the believer. And finally, we'll look at the fact that the joy of the Lord is a very real force. Did you know it was a force? Did you realize that, that joy of the Lord and faith go hand in hand? Well, we'll look at that in a little uh, more depth as, as, as soon as we get to that this morning. But first of all then, is there a difference between biblical joy or the joy of the Lord and the emotion of happiness. In our day, as, as it has evolved over time, the, the etymology of that word, we equate joy and happiness as being one of the same thing now. We talk about being joyful and we talk about having joy and what we mean is we're happy. But if we go back to, to the Word of God and we study uh, that, that term, the joy of the Lord, will find that it's quite different to good old happiness. Uh, so what's so different between happiness and the joy of the Lord? We can have the joy of the Lord whilst there is unhappiness in our emotions. Let me say that again. We can be in the joy of the Lord whilst emotionally we don't feel like smiling. And the reason is the joy of the Lord is a spiritual quality. It's a state. It's a spiritual state. Whereas happiness is very much an emotion. And it depends on what's happening to us at that given time, in a given moment. The circumstances that surround us. Happiness is dependent upon something good happening. But then we also understand, because we've been there and experienced it, that happiness is not going to be a constant experience for us. The Bible tells us that there will be times when something will happen and uh, we're going to have an emotion quite different to being happy. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1, the writer says to everything there is a season, a time and a purpose for everything under heaven. And then in, the, in verse 4 of Ecclesiastes 3, he says this, There's a time to weep 
and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. So he's contrasting things here. Weeping and, and, and happiness, joy, mourning, or conversely, dancing for joy. And we understand as we look at that and we, we, we study, study the, the lives of biblical characters, men and women of God, we understand that happiness in this world is temporary. It is not a constant experience for men and women. If there's someone here this morning who is always happy and never sad or never blown a bit sideways by the winds of circumstances, then you need to come and take the pulpit and I'll go and listen to what you have to say. But the fact of the matter is, life is not one long, happy experience. There are challenges in life. There are moments, there are times in our lives when we're faced with a stark reality of the brokenness of this world. We don't live in a perfect world. That's to come. But right now we live in a broken world where tragedy and, and agony and, and pain and tears are part of, of the scene. And that was, regrettably, was introduced at the fall in the garden. But the reason Jesus has come, the reason he died on the cross, the reason he rose from the dead, the reason he conquered death and hell and took the keys of authority from the enemy is so that you and I can have something that will see us through those moments when life confronts us with them. Everything that was lost in the fall... Jesus has died to restore to mankind. Whereas in the garden, it was automatic. Now you and I require, require that quality called faith. And faith will lift us above. And faith will bring us through the circumstances, the sad circumstances of life. And so we all know the truth that we have been happy and then the very next moment something happens and it is stolen from us. Conversely, the joy of the Lord is a permanent experience. Because the joy of the Lord is something that comes to us imparted by the Holy Spirit, the indwelling Holy Spirit. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, it would be very difficult for you to know that inner strength of the joy of the Lord. In fact, it's impossible. You've got to know Jesus in order to experience the joy of the Lord. In 40-odd years of ministry, I've stood by Many an, uh, many an open grave in front of many a coffin. And I can tell you this morning there have been times when 
It has not been a good experience. Because those who are left behind do not have an understanding of the bigger picture and that God is in control of it all. All they are aware of is the acuteness of their loss. Uh, All that they understand is that the loved one who was is no more, who was with them is not going to be with them anymore on this earth. And I have seen tragic scenes. I have seen people having to be restrained so that they don't jump into the open grave. I have seen people losing their food next to an open grave, so traumatized, so, so full of pain and sorrow. Clearly, the joy of the Lord was absent. Please don't confuse the fact that when we face these negative situations, that we ought to be jumping around like, like uh, uh, a happy jack of the whatever. We, we need to understand that we will feel pain. We will understand that, that that which is cannot be repaired or whatever the case may be. But the joy of the Lord in the life of the believer is something that lifts you above the parapet of the level of that pain and agony. And we can see beyond it, over the head of it, and we can see there the Lord Jesus Christ who died for us, who paid a price that was so extreme we cannot even begin to imagine it. It was not just physical, but it was mental, it was spiritual, it was emotional. He paid the, the total price. And I've also seen those who understand that they have the joy of the Lord stand next to a casket or stand at an open grave with their hands raised, their faces lifted heavenward, and there's a serenity on their faces. Yes, the tears are streaming down their cheeks, but they're there and they're worshipping God because of the joy of the Lord lifting them and they know that what has happened here is not for eternity. So don't tell me I mustn't have the joy of the Lord. Jesus said in John 16, 22, So also you have sorrow now. You have sorrow now. But... I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice. And listen, no one will take your joy from you. Yes, no one's going to take your joy from you. What Jesus is telling his disciples is that they may have sorrow at times, but the joy they, they, they have through him is never going to be stolen from them. Well, that's why I've told you before, just for the record, I want to say it again. If we're still all together, and I happen to depart this old earth, I want to have flowers and dancing and singing and rejoicing, because what, what, my departure is not the end of it. 
It's not, it's not where they draw the line under it and that's it. No, it's only the beginning. I loved what Billy Graham said in, you know, you, you may have read it this week because he went home to be with the Lord. He said, uh, the day that I die, please do not grieve for me because I've be, never been more alive. See, this, this, this whole life is, is but a dressing room. It's where we're getting ready for, for an eternity of, of being in the presence of the living God. And so it's a stepping stone. And when we leave this old earth, we've stepped from this into that which is far more glorious. So don't tell me I mustn't have the joy of the Lord in me. The joy of the Lord is the foundation that supports all our emotions. It is that upon which our emotions are expressed. When you don't have the joy of the Lord, then you'll have the scenarios that I described of people who totally lose it when tragedy hits them. But if you have the joy of the Lord, it's foundational, and your emotions are expressed from that understanding, not from a sense of absolute hopelessness and helplessness. The joy of the Lord is a wonderful blessing. Let me give you a few examples of the power of the underlying joy of the Lord. In Matthew 28 verse 8, the women are at the, the, the grave. They've come there to pay homage and to, to honor the fact of, of their Messiah. And when they arrive at the grave... They startled to find this massive stone has been rolled away. And they're even more startled at the appearance of an angel. Now that angel must have been awesome because it tells me in another place that, that there were sentries posted around that grave so that the disciples couldn't steal the body and go and hide it somewhere and then uh, they'd heard Jesus say that, that death will not hold him, that he'll rise from the dead. So they'd put sentries there, trained, well-equipped, experienced soldiers. And there's this heavenly being comes down and his appearance is awesome. And his appearance is accompanied with an earthquake. And he rolls that stone away and then sits on it. And they are so overwhelmed by what they are seeing that they, they faint. And now the women come and they meet the same angel. And again, his, 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 his appearance is so impressive to them, they feel somewhat overwhelmed. And then they are told to to go back and tell the disciples that Jesus has risen from the dead. Women were the first evangelists. Say amen, ladies. But this is what the account says there. It says, they departed quickly from the tomb. Now hear this. With fear 
and with joy and ran to tell his disciples. Do you see the opposite emotions here? Fear, possibly because of what they'd witnessed, what they'd seen, the awesomeness of this this heavenly being. But also with joy because they've been told to take the evangel, the good news, the, 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 uh, uh, the news of Jesus' resurrection back to his followers. The point I'm trying to make is there are opposite feelings here. There's the emotion of fear, but there's also the state of the joy of the Lord in their hearts as they go back with that message. Again, we can see clearly that the joy of the Lord is that inner state and can be quite apart from the emotions. It's a spiritual state. That's why it's so different. That's why it's so unique. That's why it does not depend upon me being in happy circumstances. Jesus also said this. Well, it is said of him, Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising its shame. We've already said that the cross was was not something that you would gladly embrace. It was a terrible death. It was one of the worst kinds of 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 death that anyone could experience to be hung on that execution stake. And yet it says here, Jesus, for the joy that was set before him. Jesus wasn't looking forward to the cross in that sense. He understood the the ignominy and he understood the the, the, the burden that was going to be laid on him. And he said, Father, if possible, let this cup pass from me. But you see, he looked over the head of the tragedy. He looked over the head of that, that agony. And was filled with joy when he saw the utmost results that it would bring. Who for the joy that was set before him endured what was happening in his emotions and what he knew he would experience physically. The joy of the Lord is your strength. In Acts 13.52, Paul and his followers are, are ministering the truth of a new covenant to many of the Jews in different cities and they're being persecuted because of it. Uh, everything they, they're building for the kingdom of God, Judaizers are coming along behind them and trying to destroy it. But it says in Acts 13.52, the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit despite the persecution. Despite 
the attempts of Satan to break down the work, they were filled with joy. They must have stood back and thought, what is going on with these people? Why are they rejecting this message? And they could have allowed that what, what their eyes were seeing and what they were experiencing when they were being driven from city to city. They could have allowed those things to fill them with unhappiness, with sadness. But that's not what the scripture records. It says, who for the joy, rather, and the disciples were filled with joy despite the persecution. Let me say this, that the joy of the Lord cannot be suppressed regardless of your circumstances. And that's what I want us to realize this morning. There is an inner state, an inner spiritual quality, an inner dynamic that is working in every single life of the person who has embraced Christ as their Savior. It's called the joy of the Lord. That's why I would encourage you too to try and see to it that you get as much input of the Word of God through your eye gate and your ear gate as you allow the newspapers and the television to put into your spirit. It is only by doing it through the Word of God that you'll be able to understand it's a God-given thing. You begin to see a bigger picture and the joy of the Lord rises above the circumstances you're confronted by. The joy of your salvation is a priceless treasure. Do you remember the jailer when Paul and Silas were, were locked up in that jail and there was this earthquake? By the way, uh, just started looking at a number of different earthquakes in Scripture and there's a great sermon in there for those of you who want to pick up on it the different earthquakes and what it produced. And there was an earthquake and, and the, the, the bonds were shaken off, Paul and Silas and, and the jailer, the Philippian jailer thought that they'd escaped. But then they came to him and they, they said to him, don't harm yourself, we're here. And he, they lead the, the jailer and his household to, to the Lord and it records in in Acts 16.34, that the jailer was filled with joy. The joy of his salvation. My friends, how real is the joy of your salvation to you this morning? So there is a difference between the joy of the Lord and the emotion of happiness. Comprendo? You got it? Good. Secondly, I just want to point out to you that the joy of the Lord is of divine origin. Nehemiah is probably the text that we all remember. Chapter 8 and verse 10, where he's the man who coined the phrase, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Please notice it is the joy of the Lord is my strength. Studying the book of Nehemiah, you'll soon see that this guy faced so many challenges, so many attempts for his plan for God to be disrupted, for it to be stopped 
in its tracks. Sanballat, Tobiah, and the Arab called Geshem. They were constantly seeking to derail Nehemiah's attempts to rebuild the walls of the city of Jerusalem. Again and again, they, they, they tried plots against him. They conspired against him. They, they even tried to assassinate him. But listen to the man's words. Despite all of that, the joy of the Lord is my strength. When he looked at, at the walls of Jerusalem, he saw so much of it broken down. And a study of the book of Nehemiah is a great source to understand how we need to be building our structures for God in our own lives. But you won't do it, folks, unless you have this understanding that the joy of the Lord is your strength. It's a divine origin. It's not carnal. It's certainly not sensual. It's a holy and spiritual experience. You have joy because you're convinced of the goodness of God. You have joy because you're convinced of the grace of God, which has become your portion. You have joy because you realize God is in control. We're going to need that understanding more and more as time goes on. The joy of the Lord. It's His. It's joy as He has it. And He wants us to experience it. Not just to acknowledge it in a vague sort of way, but to live in it. That's what He wants from us. A divine source of joy for every single one who knows Jesus as their Saviour. We can say within our hearts this morning that we enjoy the attributes of God because it's our portion as believers. His power is our protection. His wisdom is our guidance. His, his faithfulness is our foundation. His grace is our faith, our salvation. There is so much for us to be joyful about. To pull on that, that, that supply of the joy of the Lord within us. And to live it out. I can have the joy of the Lord. Because I'm one with him. In a covenant of grace. The other matter I want to highlight to you this morning is that there are, others, there are further sources of the joy of the Lord to be found for the believer and by the believer. One is the simple fact that you can say this morning, I am able to call him my God and my Father. Because he's revealed himself to me personally. He's my father, he's my friend, he's my helper, he's my God. It's a wonderful assurance 
Because it says in Hebrews 8.10, I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people. When the child of God can know that he, he is my God, that he has taken me to be his and he has become mine, he has grasped me with that, the, the hand of his powerful love. I can't help but respond with the joy of the Lord to those truths. Do you remember Jesus teaching in John 15 from verse 9 onwards for a few verses? He says, just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. That's a love that can't be topped. That's a love that cannot be, you know, a, 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 a substitute produced for it. There, it cannot be done. The love that God had for Jesus is the love that he has for you. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you. Now listen. So that my joy, Jesus said, may be in you. Who for the joy set before him, so that my joy may be in you. And that your joy may be made full. I can't think of a better deal than that. This is my commandment, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. Greater love is no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. And if we adhere to that, we are assured of the fact that his joy will be in us. And our joy will be full. So rest in this this morning, dear ones. God has drawn you to himself. My beloved is mine. And I am his. You can be filled with the joy of the Lord. You and I are reconciled to God. We are accepted by God. We are embraced by God, adopted by God. Surely, there's no reason why we shouldn't be filled with the joy of the Lord. To know that once my sins had alienated me from God, now they blotted out, not just one of them or a few, but none of them remain. Surely, that is reason for the joy of the Lord to rise up within us and to face every day and go through it with the challenges that the future may still hold, knowing the joy of the Lord is my strength. To have an assurance that in all of the future I am guaranteed of divine goodness. Surely, that will stir up the joy of the Lord in me. And finally, the joy of the, the Lord is a very, very real force. Remember what Nehemiah said? He said, the joy of the Lord, biblical joy, is your strength. 
So it's much more than a warm, happy feeling that you can expect occasionally. When circumstances are favourable, it is a constant state. Do you remember me saying that? It's a spiritual state that abides within us. And the joy of the Lord is one of the most powerful spiritual forces available to mankind. That's why it's so crucial for us to have an understanding of the joy of the Lord. That it's not just something we have when we're happy. It's something that we have even when we're sad. It's a strength. It's a spiritual power. Listen carefully. You can't live a life of faith without being strong in the Lord. Because you'll be knocked around, knocked off your feet. Doubt will constantly assail your mind. You'll wonder if it really means what it says. You'll only be able to utilize effectively the dynamic of faith if you are strong in the Lord. And you've got to get into the word of God to be able to get there. But the joy of the Lord is what's going to help you. The joy of the Lord is what is given to you to see the job job completed. So we need the joy of the Lord. It's crucial because it is a spiritual force. After all, one of the fruits of the Spirit is joy. And so it already resides in you, but like so many of the things of God, it needs to be stirred up. It needs to be, you know, have that flame needs to be fanned. And to, or rather, let me put it like this, that, that, that ember, that, that coal, that glowing coal, that ember needs to be fanned into flame. And the more you get into the Word of God and the more you fill your spirit with the Word of God and the more you use your eye gate and your ear gate for the Word of God to enter in, the more you'll understand this and the more it will begin to happen by a unique action of the Holy Spirit. Somebody said, I have yet much to say to you. But that will have to wait for some other time. We must develop it. We must confess it. We must live by it. And the joy of the Lord will be something that will be so attractive in our lives. So my friends, where are you at in your joy of the Lord this morning? What is your joy meter registering? Perhaps there are some who feel that the joy of the Lord has been sucked out of their lives by various things. And you're acknowledging this morning, I need some help with the joy of the Lord. In Acts 13.52 it says the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. And that's your clue. That's your kicking off point. 
If you're a born-again believer, you have the Spirit of God dwelling within you. And you can be filled with the joy of the Lord and with the Holy Spirit. Oh, never ever forget that you have one of the most priceless deposits of the Godhead living in you. Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is within you. And it has been given to you by God. So honor God with your body. There's yet much I can say about that. But another time. The point I'm making is that the third person of the Godhead has come to dwell in you. He's taken up residence in you. He's become your divine teacher. He's the one who takes what belongs to God and brings it and makes it known to you. Any little bit of divine revelation you ever get is because of the indwelling Holy Spirit. And everything that you need to be filled with the joy of the Lord is ably assisted by the Spirit of God. He's in you. Always, yes. And if He's in you, then you are qualified to have an ongoing experience every day, every month, every year of your life of the joy of the Lord. There's a wonderful chapter in Isaiah 61. It talks about the divine exchange that takes place when Jesus comes. And part of our preparation <clears throat> for the return of our bridegroom is to have our lamps filled with oil. Isaiah tells us in that chapter that the oil of joy will be given to us in the place of mourning. Oil is symbolic of the Holy Spirit just as fire and wind is. It's the indwelling Holy Spirit that will come with joy as we confess it, as we acknowledge it, as we, as we, we, we see the fact and the truth of joy already being in us. And as we rely on the Holy Spirit, as we yield to Him on a daily basis, that joy will come to the fore. Because it's linked to the Holy Spirit. Because they were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Psalm 1611. In your presence there is fullness of joy. Abiding in him. <clears throat> dwelling in him. And Jesus said in John 16, 24. He said, and ye shall receive that your joy may 
before. So my friend, if you do feel your joy meter is not registering quite what it should, maybe you need to ask God for that godly joy that you once had to be restored. Or if you've never experienced it, for it to be a brand new experience for you today. The joy of the Lord is my strength and it can be yours as well. Your inheritance, it's promised to you. So would you admit to God this morning and say, God, I want my joy back. I have slowly over the years allowed it to erode because I've been negligent. I've listened more to the voice of this world than I have to your voice. And I've allowed the enemy to steal my joy. But I'm asking you now to restore it and give me back your joy because that is my strength.